What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. I know the episodes have kind of been all over the place the past few weeks, and I apologize. I'm hopefully going to be getting on a more consistent schedule like I have been in the past. My work schedule's kind of just been fluctuating a lot. So I'll be doing a Bills and Sabres episode today. There will not be an episode on Monday, but I have two interviews coming up for you guys next week, as well as another NBA podcast episode. Zach, we're probably going to talk some March Madness basketball in that episode as well. But today, like I said, we're going to focus on the Bills and Sabres. We're going to start with the Bills first just because they're a lot more fun to talk about right now than what's going on in the Sabres organization. Starting off with the Bills, big announcement from them yesterday, giving Micah Hyde a two-year contract extension just under $20 million, just about 19.3. Um, Really good extension for the Bills, locking up him and Jordan Poyer for at least the next two years playing together. Tredavious White is obviously locked up long-term. So the Bills have their secondary pretty much all together. Now they just need to find that second cornerback, whether it's going to be Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson, or a free agent or draft pick is yet to be seen. Really good job by them getting him back. They also signed Andre Smith to a two-year deal today worth up to $3 million. Another nice special teams linebacker depth add with the uncertainty with Matt Milano coming back and also just a key contributor on special teams all year last year for the Bills. Another nice piece. So one thing I want to start doing for you guys in the upcoming weeks is I want to preview just one free agent that I'd like the Bills to sign. I know I've talked about different free agents in the past, but I want to kind of go into more of an in-depth analysis of a certain player that I think the Bills should really go after. So many Bills fans were clearly disappointed that the Bills weren't able to land J.J. Watt. He did um, decide to choose the Arizona Cardinals. The Bills were one of the final teams he was considering. However, I would not have paid him the contract he is getting. He's getting $23 million guaranteed, almost $30 million total potentially. Um, Definitely a little bit more than the Bills could chew off um, from that aspect. But the Bills definitely still need that pass rusher, and we just don't know how we're going to get one yet. I really don't think it's going to be through the draft just because – you look at what the Bills have done in the past few years in the draft. They drafted Ed Oliver, defensive lineman, and then they drafted A.J. Epinesa in the second round last year with the hopes of him developing into a starter. And I think they really hope that he can develop into at least a bigger role. I don't know if he's going to be a full-time starter next year. Mario Addison was very underwhelming. Um, Daryl Johnson does some nice things, but he's really not um, going to be that guy you need outside of Jerry Hughes. So the name that has been popping up a little bit more and more um, that the Bills have been looking at is a free agent that I've actually liked for a while now is Carl Lawson from the Cincinnati Bengals. Carl Lawson is a very young player who, for the most part, has been overshadowed in that defense for the few years he's been there, whether that be because of Carlos Dunlap when he was there, Geno Atkins, um, you know, they had so much going on defensively with Vontrez Perfect and stories with that. Carl Lawson was kind of overshadowed. But if you actually look at the past few years' worth of stats for Carl Lawson, He's only 25 years old compared to a 31-year-old J.J. Watt. Jerry Hughes is 33. Mario Addison, who I think is a prime player to be cut, who's also 33 and underperformed. Um, Just looking at those players' stats over the last two years, J.J. Watt, 24 games played, 53 pressures, 9 sacks. Jerry Hughes, 31 games played, 42 pressures, 9 sacks. Mario Addison, 30 games played, 
33 pressures, 14 and a half sacks. Then you look at Carl Lawson, the 25-year-old, 28 games played, 67 pressures, and 10.5 sacks. So a guy that's able to produce, um, you know, he hasn't been, you know, in the upper echelon of pass rushers as far as, you know, getting 15, 20 sacks a year, um, like a TJ Watt, um, Khalil Mack, some of those guys have been able to show that they're able to do, but I think he'd be a really good complimentary piece outside of Jerry Hughes, a player that's not going to, you know, break the bank, going to give you some more room um, to get some other players that you need on the defensive side of the football. He's going to want to go play for a team that's contending compared to being on a Bengals team that, yes, looked a little bit better this year. They have some good pieces. They're obviously hoping Joe Burrow is going to come back healthy. But at an $8, 9000000 million contract, I'd be all in on a four-year deal for Carl Lawson, um, a guy that's proven that he can produce, um, You know, still very young compared to what you have, an ideal guy that A.J. Epinesa can learn under. Jerry Q is going to be fading out here in the next couple of years. As I mentioned before, Mario Addison, more than likely to me, is going to get cut. Um, I think it's be a prime opportunity to get him into a bigger role than he had in Cincinnati and really unleash him. And I think that'd be great. You know, Javion Clowney, some of these other guys would obviously be some maybe bigger name splashes. Shaq Barrett, a guy that's going to be looking for a ton of money. I think for the value you need to get to maximize your other pieces as far as free agency goes in the offseason, I think Carl Lawson is the perfect fit for Buffalo. And there's other stats that back this up too. I mean, you look at last year, he was fourth in the NFL in quarterback pressures, only behind, you know, the likes of Joey Bosa, who's a great pass rusher, Green Bay's um, Zedarius Smith, and then TJ Watt from the Steelers. So great company there. Um, like I said, I just think he's been completely overshadowed. Um, Sports Rack, which does a really good job of protecting cap hits um, for market-valued players, is at 8.8. To me, if you were going to be willing to give that up for Watt anyway, why not invest it in a younger Carl Lawson by a number of years, eight years, um, for guys like Jerry Hughes, um, and then, you know, 10 years for Mario Addison. And, you know, if you can get him for 8 or $9 million compared to what you're probably going to have to give Watt, which is more likely closer to 10 to 12 if you wanted to do that, um, I think it's a no-brainer for the Bills. They obviously need to get a pass rusher. You saw what the Bucks were able to do in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, who is, you know, the team that you need to be looking to beat in the AFC. Um, I think it's a no-brainer that they should be looking at him um, to be their replacement for Mario Addison or just another guy that they need to bring in. I think the more pass rushers, the merrier. Um, and I think the Bills need to look into bringing multiple. But I think Carl Lawson is definitely going to be the start of that. So that's a little bit of a nice in-depth preview for everyone. Next time when I talk about the Bills, I'm going to go a little bit more in-depth about wide receiver Curtis Samuel, a guy I've been really high on. Um, so we'll be doing that next week. Moving on to the Buffalo Sabres, who continue to be the laughing stock of the NHL. Um, I don't want to go into a huge rant today. I'm going to be hopping on with the guys from the 42 North 78 West show later next week um, and kind of getting the thoughts um, on the whole situation, what's going on. But I do want to touch on Kevin Adams' press conference yesterday and a few things that stood out to me. So first and foremost, I will say I got to give Kevin Adams a credit um, in a few areas. So first and foremost, him coming out actually just giving himself media availability um, is very big to me. I do wish he would have done it sooner, but I feel like in the past, you know, GMs wouldn't have done this at all. Um, he was very, you know, angry. It showed 
He didn't hide from anything. He answered every single question going anything from if Jack's hurt to if Jack got or if they took offers on Eichel in the offseason to what's going wrong, the Jeff Skinner situation, what hasn't been going right. Um, and to, for the most part, I thought he handled himself very well. I thought he was very honest with all of his answers. I thought most of his answers were exactly what you wanted to hear. Flat out, he said they have not been good enough, which is exactly what you want him to say. You know, he even alluded to, you know, we always talk about this culture in Buffalo, and you have to build a culture kind of like the Bills did. And, you know, he said that they brought in a lot of high-character guys, but at the same time, if that doesn't translate to on-ice production, then it does not really matter. So I was happy to hear him say that. The few things that I do want to touch upon that I was a little bit unhappy with um, were a few things that he said. One, starting with goaltending. Now, I will say he was correct in saying that goaltending is not the primary reason we are losing games because our defense has not been good enough. We have not scored enough five-on-five. Obviously, Allmark was playing at a great level before he got hurt. Hutton and Johansson have not been good at all, but you can't blame them You know, every single game. That being said, saying that your goaltending was good enough um, I think is a very big mistake. You should have known going into the year that Carter Hutton and Jonas Johansson were not going to cut it as a backup. And he says he tries to go out every day and find a way for them to get better. Elliot Freeman reported that Adams was aggressively trying to make a trade. Um, whether or not we're going to actually see that coming um, is yet to be seen. The other thing that I want to address is that he kind of left the door open for a lot more scrutiny as far as communication between him and Ralph Kruger. Now, I will say he did not give Kruger the biggest void of con- or excuse me, vote of confidence, which was kind of a little bit more reassuring because I don't know how much longer Sabres fans or just the Sabres in general can go on with him as their head coach. But he talked about how he was in constant communication with Ralph. He then talked about how he had contact with Skinner's agent and things of that nature. Um talking about the Eichel injury he said you know whenever there's an injury we're going to be upfront, honest with you I'm going to be transparent with you which is very contradictory compared to Ralph Kruger who had lied about Eichel's injury before he said he had no idea that Kevin Adams had talked to Jeff Skinner so to me the communication is still not all there between those two and I think that's a huge problem and the one thing that I think Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News did an outstanding job of you know, calling them out and pretty much calling them an utter disgrace right to um, Kevin Adams' face, and he took it. But the thing that Buffalo Sports Media has been pointing out, which I think is a very valid point that goes even above Kevin Adams to Bagulas, is that the Buffalo Bills and NFL and a lot of other sports, the coach ultimately has the final say. Where, you know, Brandon Bean does a great job, but ultimately Sean McDermott more than likely has the final say on personnel what things he wants done, what things he needs to get the Buffalo Bills to be the most successful on the field. In the NHL, it really doesn't work like that. In the NHL, it needs to be the GM's job to bring in the talent and make all these tough decisions. And to me right now, it almost feels like the Sabres are operating that Ralph Kruger has all the power. He is unwilling to change his system, which is super frustrating they're not scoring goals. They're playing awful defensive hockey. They're not getting good enough goaltending. It's just a complete mess all the way around. They got utterly dominated today by the Islanders after the first period. They have not beaten the Islanders all year. 
I don't know how he even made it to the bus because of how bad this team has been playing. You cannot keep going on with this guy as your head coach. With that being said, it is also very tough with COVID going on right now to get the right coach in here right away because of the quarantining and everything. But at the same time, you can't just keep letting this team rot away and get worse and worse. Even if you don't have a suitable replacement on the bench, I honestly don't care anymore. You know, let the players coach themselves for all I care at this point. They're so bad that you just have to change this up. You can't let this team continue to go forward with Ralph Kruger as your head coach. It is not working. I don't care how many more coaching changes we have to go through. You have to find a way to get this right. And I like that Kevin Adams came out, addressed the issues, said he has the power to make the firings. And, you know, the biggest takeaway, though, from all of this and like I said, I could rant on and on about the Anoy stuff. I'm going to save that a little bit more when I talk to the guys this week. But talk is cheap. You could say all the right things. You can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? And until Kevin Adams really, you know, steps up to the plate and is willing to fire this guy or make significant changes, no one in Buffalo for media, fans, whoever should believe him. Because we've had GMs in the past. We've had coaches in the past. We've had the ownership in the past. Say things are going to be different. Say things are going to change. And it just hasn't. So until it does, you cannot sit there and just say, we're looking to get better every day. Every day that Ralph Kruger is on your bench, you cannot say with a straight face that you are trying to get better. It's just flat out a lie. So I'm going to give Kevin Adams the benefit of the doubt here that either he has a coaching staff that he wants lined up and he's working out the details and all the COVID information or he truly just doesn't have someone that he feels can replace them which I personally think is a bunch of BS there are a bunch of good candidates out there that could hire I don't care who it is or Boost Boudreaux Claude Julien you know um, Gallant whoever get someone else in here at least get them in here so that they can get through the end of the season and hopefully be ready to go next year in a system that works. Figure it out. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he needs to do it fast um, and just has to get it done because it's flat out has not been good enough and it has to change. Um, And then closing out today's episode, I kind of want to just give a brief um, look at big four hoops um, for the NCAA tournament. So Canisius actually came back and won a game yesterday against Siena, which is a huge win for them. So they're going to be the sixth seed um, taking on, um, I want to say it was St. Peter's in the first round. I'll have to double check that. Um, but they had a really good win. They're 7-5 and five overall in the year, 7-5 in the conference. They've really only played um, conference games. So they're going to be the sixth seed going into the first round. Um, if they win, they go against uh, St. Peter's, who they did play um, against well earlier in the year. So we'll have to see how they do there. UB has been on an absolute tear lately. They actually are the number two seed, and I think they could actually very well win that conference title. Niagara, um, they're kind of in the middle of the pack for the MAC as well. Uh, they're currently sitting a few games under Canisius. They're 7-9 and nine overall um, in the conference, 8-10 and 10 on the season. So they're going to have a little bit of a tougher out. But I think the big story besides those three teams, um, as far as the Buffalo sports fans are concerned, 
is definitely the emergence of St. Bonaventure. They're currently playing St. Louis right now on CBS, um, but they're number one in the Atlantic 10, 11 and four in the conference, 14 and four on the year. They're well on their way to making the NCAA tournament, which would be really great. Um, they've done a terrific job all year long. Um, Lofton has been unreal for them, you know, averaging close to 15 points, five assists per game. They've been getting great guard play. Um, Dominic Welsh has been really good for them, you know, 12 points, six rebounds, three assists per game. Um, just getting consistent scoring up and down the lineup. They have um, five guys that are averaging double figures for them, which is really great to see. And then they have a couple other guys averaging about five points off the bench. Um, so just a really good job by this team in general. Um, you can't give them enough credit. Their coaches deserve a lot of credit. Um, Schmidt's done a really good job for them. So definitely the Bonnies are going to be a team to keep an eye on in the tournament. I don't know how far they can go, but they're a very scrappy team. And I wouldn't um, be surprised if they didn't win their first round game. Um, depending on where they're seeded. But Mark Schmidt definitely deserves a ton of credit for how well that they're playing this year. Um, but that's just a quick update on that. Like I said, a little bit of a shorter episode. I'm going to try to get more consistent in the next couple weeks once my work schedule kind of flattens out. But I'm going to have a cool women in sports interview that I'm going to be doing on Tuesday. So I'm going to hopefully get that posted with video on Wednesday. Then Thursday or Friday next week, hopefully I'm be recording with the guys from 42 North 78 West Sports Show. Take a deep dive in some Bill Sabres, even maybe some baseball talk, even some NBA potentially. And then me and Zach will be back next week for an NBA NCAA podcast episode. I appreciate everyone's constant support. It really means a lot. Went over a thousand view mark on the podcast, um, or listens, I should say, um, for this podcast overall. So I'm greatly, greatly um, appreciate for everyone that's tuned in and I hope you all continue to tune in with me as I continue to bring the greatest Buffalo sports content I can as well as other great news from all the four big four sports and other things outside but this has been English Encore podcast Buffalo's favorite sports channel.